Queen. Welcome to the Chris and Kyle show. It's my being, it's my low post entry. You've been more loud. Uh, uh, that was that was more loud than anything that I'm used to from you. Other than your singing, probably. Oh yeah. I got a wire around my legs. All right, I'm good. I'm free. I was trapped. What's good? What's going on? Nothing much, dude. I'm fucking. You hyped up for later? I am. I am hyped up. It's a bummer, man. I'm like, I'm kind of not. So right now it's a 2-1 series. Um, Obviously, we're referring to the fact that the Orlando Magic are playing today. and Against the Toronto Raptors. As you all know, Chris loves and the Magic. And the Magic are a seven seed and like they're most likely like. Yeah. I, they're, they're lucky to have won a game. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but like the fucking like. I don't know. Response from Raptors fans has really been bugging me. Mm-hmm. Like just little shit. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm the type of person where just like little shit will just like stay in my mind for a while. And I hate it. You know, just like little, listen, man, comments. don't let the few define the many for you. There's probably tons of dope Raptor fans. And I agree. And I think that, well, I think that every fan base is going to have a yeah. subsect of idiots. Yeah. They all have them. And jerks. Uh, and fucking, and uh, then like places like Reddit are are like the spawning places for those people. That's yeah. where they can go, and they can in, infest other. I don't even think fan bases Reddit, and stuff. I don't even think Reddit is as bad because like there's a downloading feature. True. I I would say Instagram's way worse because, I, dude, I tell you all the time, stop looking at Instagram. Sometimes comments. they're so funny though. Stop looking. There's dude. a lot of really funny. There Instagram is not comments. enough there's gold a, in that dung heap for it to be worth it. I don't, dog. Don't say that, dude. No, I'm there's saying a lot it. of really. Funny I stand stuff. by it. Dog. There's a lot of really funny stuff in Instagram comments. You never know. Like, there's funny stuff in comments on every internet forum. And like, I like. There's all like. There's definitely examples of positive things. Like you can't just like. I'm sure there are positive comments, right? But so uh, we'll talk about uh, Kyle Korver. Yo, did you see that? I'm not not sure if you. I'm I'm not sure if you've read the article. We should have both read read the article before fucking doing this. uh, What article? He he wrote. Oh, you're talking about his players' tribute? Yeah, I read the whole thing. That came out like last week. Yeah. Yeah, that was amazing. uh, The thing on white privilege. Yeah. What are you talking about? It was literally called privilege. What did he talk uh, about? Actually, okay, I'll finish my, my point first. Uh, okay, so he came out uh, fucking after the, the game news, yesterday. Dog. Huh? That was old news. I thought you were talking about his comments about Donovan Mitchell. But we Mitchell. haven't talked about it. Mm. Okay, but the comments on Donovan Mitchell that he made, right? So he... Uh, unprompted. Yeah, unprompted. Unsolicited. Yeah. Um, he, he was like, hey, reporters, come back here. I want to say one more thing. Yeah, and then he talked about how uh, Donovan Mitchell is just like a great young player and how like incredibly impressed he is with mm-hmm. uh, Donovan Mitchell. And I, I guess Donovan, I didn't see the game. Donovan Mitchell like missed lost a fucking, a, he had a perfect look yeah. to tie the game and send it to overtime. And he just missed it. And that was like, if the Jazz couldn't win that game, they're not going to win any games because right. it was Harden went three for 25 or something like that. Like that was their game to win. Right. That was their um, game to turn the series around. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but Kyle Korver just basically uh, was saying like this is just going to be like uh, a part of the story yep, for him. Part of the story. Uh, I'll blip on the radar. Like, yeah. Um, but like, I went through the Instagram comments on that video, and people are like, like, uh, fucking Kyle Korver was invited to the barbecue, shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, fucking. A lot of like like uh, somebody was like uh, Kyle Korver is trying to single handedly end racism, <laughs> like there's the shit like that. I was like positive, and I mm-hmm. like that. Like I'm not gonna stop looking at Instagram comments just uh, because of. I don't ever idiots. look at 
Instagram comments. Mm. And a majority of the time, they don't stick I don't in spend my enough brain. time on Instagram, though, to be honest. Majority, a majority of the time, they don't stick in my brain mm. uh, like that. But, okay, so what did the, the Kyle Korver... He wrote a Players' Tribune article called Privilege, and it was mm-hmm. about his... Uh, his like viewpoints and his you know his uh, perspective on what happened a few weeks ago with Russell Westbrook in U- at the game in Utah, where that fan got banned for life for using racial slurs on the sidelines. And Kyle Korver is a player for Utah. Yeah, Kyle Korver plays for Utah, um, and is a white dude. Mm-hmm. So it was basically just like his thoughts on racism in general and uh, his place and all you know, Caucasian and especially like Caucasian males places in helping to put an end to it and not being the type of person that will just sit back and be silent because you feel awkward about something, but actually being the kind of person who will come out and say something in defense of uh, stopping people from being shitty. It's a really good article. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. I need to read it. I love Players Tribune. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure if I've ever read one. Never read any Players Tribune articles. So. No, they're really good, dude. I like. Uh, I don't know how much of it is actually the the players writing the article. A lot of it is, I think, like them dictating to an actual writer, writer and then, and and then, then the, the writer, writer sort of emphasizes it or whatever. Uh, but they're they're usually really interesting stories. Always very unique perspectives on things. The Dion Waiters article is amazing. From like two years, it's the most wild shit. Dion, <laughs> Dion Waiters wrote one about basically being Dion Waiters. About just being the most overconfident motherfucker in the world, and it's amazing. Was it like self-aware? Like, oh, like it was he, super self-aware. Yeah. Like he was like he like talked about how he'll just he will never stop believing in himself, like uh-huh. to the nth degree, and it's right. um, it's amazing. Like Dion Waiters is a ridiculous human. Like, I need some of that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone could use yeah. a little slice of Dion Waiters' <laughs> confidence, if anything, just to take a little bit of away from him because he got a little mm. too much. Right. <laughs> Kind of like the the Kyle Kuzma factor. Like if you took like a little bit of Kyle Kuzma's hey, Kyle aggression Kuzma. away from uh, from him and then gave it to Alonzo Ball, like mm-hmm. hey, fuck like Kyle Kuzma. Better. Quote the Orlando Magic fan base. <laughs> Michael Scott. Michael Scott. Dude, I gotta I gotta show you this, dude. Fucking the Sixers. The Sixers fucking Instagram. Whoever runs that Instagram, they come up with the they have dopest, a high level. Yeah, high, high level, level social media content. squad. High level content. Dude, the Fal- the Atlanta Falcons released... Okay, so the NFL regular season... First of all, this is one of the most blown out things in all of sports is when people get hype for the NFL schedule release in April. It's so stupid. Like, I love football. I love right. the NFL. Who gives a fuck what the schedule is in April? There are people... It's a thing. It's like schedule week and they have like a two-hour show devoted to it on ESPN and like... There, people start predicting record. Dude, the teams aren't even set yet. The draft hasn't happened. Right. What are you doing trying to figure out what record people are going to have? What is, what is this life? Anyway, the Falcons did like the dopest schedule release thing ever. They made a Game of Thrones intro video edit of their schedule and they made cool like house sigils for all the teams they would be playing. That's pretty and cool. And they made like a map and they had like the Game of Thrones style map of all the cities and the stadiums, very cool, super well done. Nice. And I was like, even if if that is what I got out of NFL schedule release week, worth it. Yeah, I'll deal with the, the I'll deal with the bullshit for that cool video. <laughs> <laughs> that is cool. Yeah. So the the Sixers they come up with like I love it when teams uh, like come up with their own content like mm-hmm. that. Like uh, 
are good at creating content. So after Mike Scott's... Well, like the Kings have like the most famous King, social Kings media really presence really in sports probably. Um, so just meme out really hard. Uh, after Mike Scott's... Uh, it wasn't necessarily a game winner. It was like a... It was, it was a, basically the game winner. I well, think it, it was put him up five, right? It was a dagger. Yeah, it was a dagger. So uh, Mike Scott's game... Dagger. Uh, <laughs> dagger against... His uh, dagger. Yeah, against the Nets in game three. Dude, the Nets needed to take that game mm-hmm. to make that a series. Yeah, so the Sixers posted that. You have no idea how I can fly. <laughs> it's just a picture of Mike That's Scott great. flexing. Like celebrating. He's flexing. Flexing after the shot. And this, the quote in the caption says, you have no idea how high I can fly. That's Which funny. is Michael Scott quote yeah. from The Office. Um, Yeah, man, that game was... Did you see uh, the six or the Nets GM get, just got suspended for a game? Uh, yeah, he went into the, into the locker room, room after the game. I didn't even yesterday. know that the refs yeah. had a locker room. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Like of course they get a locker room like that. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Why are you trying to be sexy about like, like how obvious to. it is? I didn't mean to. <laughs> what do you mean you don't yeah, know that? Man. That's the thing in high Obviously. school. That's the thing in high school wrestling. Locker rooms, huh? That's the thing in high school wrestling. The the the, the refs get like a room. My dad, you get a room. My dad used to like make them food for wrestling tournaments. He would like cook food for the refs. For the wrestling tournaments. They get, a room. they get a room. I understand that. Dude, what makes a locker room? A locker Lockers. room. Lockers. Nah, dog. <laughs> it's about sweaty men or women getting naked. That's what makes a locker room. <laughs> it's every guy's dream. <laughs> uh, so you haven't been paying too much attention to the playoffs outside of the Magic, which I'm very disappointed in you. I have. Haven't I just. I haven't much. watched the games. No, I'm disappointed in you. There's been yeah. some fucking really good yeah. basketball, man. I like. There's like. There's part of me that's like, like, man, this fucking OKC fucking Portland series. It's amazing. Is so dude. lit. Yeah, but you haven't watched any of it. I've watched like all of it. Yeah. It's been awesome. Russ yeah. versus Dame. Ooh, it's been real good. Real good. Well, like, part of me like. I don't know, like the Spurs Nuggets series been, has been because good? I was so busy for like the the first month that we mm. were living here. Like now that like I've sort of gotten some downtime, but it's like downtime that I also have to, like, I've like I have a midterm. Like I've like my well, you just had your you just had your midterm. spring break. Yeah, I just had my spring break, and even like during that spring break, like Kate was here, mm-hmm. so like there wasn't like a lot of downtime. You know, like I'm uh, making sure that like she's happy and shit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like fucking part of me just like wants to veg out to the nth degree. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I need to, I need to chill. What's more chill than watching b-ball in, in games the where you dog, have no personal chill. stake. That's not dude. That's not chill at all. Dude. That's so chill. That's not chill. What are you talking about? That's not chill. You think, you think Russ versus Dame is chill. It's Ain't dope. no chill there. Ain't no it's chill. chill for me. It's not chill for them. <laughs> it's just dope as hell to watch. Ain't no chill there. That that series has been great. The Nugget Spurs series has been fun. Um, was it though? What? Like I'm okay with not watching any of the the, the Nugget Spurs. As someone who has watched them, it has been fun. Like I, start, I watch, I watch. That's the, the reaction you should give to the Bucks Pistons series. Like, oh, I don't need to watch that. I just like okay. So like we sat down and watched like the first half of that game. No, you did. I, I watched did. the whole game. You left. Yeah, but I came back like midway through the third quarter with food. Okay, (laughs) but uh, once yeah, once it hit halftime, I was just like, all right, I don't, I don't want to watch this anymore. 
Basically, I'll watch a game until... Like, if a team pulls ahead by too much where it seems like... Like, obviously, missed the comeback from the Clippers because of it. But who saw that coming? A 31-point comeback. Nobody. Yeah. And then, of course, the next... Dude, I was so mad at myself. Because, like, early in the day, I was like, I'm going to tweet about the Warriors-Clippers game before it starts. And I'm going to tweet something about how... I was going to be like, over-under, Warriors win by 20 tonight. Because I'm taking the over. Meaning, it's going to be a blowout. Yeah. And I forgot to tweet it. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I thought about doing it like around halftime. And then I was like, but what if they come back again? <laughs> and then I look like an idiot. <laughs> and then at the end of the game, they won by like 35. Mm-hmm. So uh, how many more uh, games of Magic are going to win? None. I think they could win tonight. They could. You could win any game. Dog, I Look, if we lose the, the next two games, I'm... More than Happy fucking camper. Well, I'm I'm more than proud of mm-hmm. uh of the of the team that we put out this year, dude. Fucking like I think the the max amount like the the best situation that ESPN put out uh, at the beginning of the uh, the the season mm-hmm. for us was like 35 games, like to win 35 games. And they they said, I think they said something about like obviously this is like hindsight bias, like it's ridiculous when we're looking back on it, mm-hmm. um, but. They said that like Jaron Grant needed to step up in order for us to have uh, some success. Like when, like, but why would they ever think that? They said that like because our point guard spot is so weak that we're gonna need. Which like the the idea of that actually isn't is pretty sound. Well, because you have a weak point Be- guard, uh, all your point guards are collectively weak. One of them needs to step up. Exactly, and and like, but why would you pick Jaron Grant? But also like the. Uh, we played best once we start, once we got MCW. Yeah. Cause Jaron Grant wasn't playing. And wasn't like good. once we got away from Jaron Grant and our, uh, our backup point guard, Isaiah Briscoe for a majority of the season, mm-hmm. he was playing really well. Um, not as good as MCW when we, we got MCW, but, um, but like that, they were for the most part. Right. And that like a, a backup, point a backup needed, point guard needed, needed to step up, step up. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe like DJ Augustine just played way better than anyone expected. Yeah, your starting think, point guard. So like after watching, I, I've been watching a lot of like post game interviews and stuff with the the Magic, and a lot of, especially after game one, a lot of and DJ hit the game winner and shit. Um, there was this one reporter that like was like asking all of the players and the coaches like kind of the same thing. Like he was trying to bait them into like his own narrative. And yeah. Like, it's like it was reporter. very leading. It's the thing yeah. reporters do. Yeah. It's annoying. Very Why do you think question? Russ never answers that one dude's questions? Yeah. It's so funny. Mm-hmm. It's that one dude. It's always that dude. He just, that dude asks a question and Russ just sits there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next question. But, uh, no, but like the super leading question still had like a, a good idea to it that mm-hmm. uh, that DJ Augustine is basically like Orlando Magic personified. Mm. The fact that like no one really thinks about it, like like no one, no one thinks that they're, they're that they're bad, but they don't think that they're good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, so just constantly I feel like that could fit a lot of players on the Magic though. Yeah, Orlando or Orlando Orlando Gordon. <laughs> I wish the Magic would draft a dude named Orlando. 
That would be pretty cool. It'd be whack. Yeah. Orlando Bloom. Or like, yeah, somebody like Ocala Jones or something like that. Winter Garden. Winter Garden. <laughs> winter Garden. That's it. That's yeah, Winter Garden. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so outside of the NBA playoffs, not much has happened. In sports? In sports. I mean, Tiger won the Masters, but I don't know if you care about that at all. Mm-hmm. It's pretty dope. Dog. I was looking at the fucking... John Jones fight card that's coming up, dude. He's fighting Tiago Alves, right? Not Tiago Alves. Tiago, Tiago Silva. Sanchez. There's so many Tiagos. <laughs> There's so many Tiagos. Tiago Santos. Santos. <laughs> is is he the one with the... I couldn't tell you who he crazy is. Crazy tattoo on his... Like, goes up his body. I couldn't tell you. Oh, okay. Um, he's a, I know that he's a huge knockout artist. That's what right, I know. The right. dude he's fighting... Has huge knockout. You power. are right though. There's a Thiago Alves. There's Thiago a billion Silva. Thiagos. Yeah, there's a lot of Thiagos. Thiago Santos. Thiago Santos. Gotcha. I'm about ninety percent sure. Yeah. Now we. Now we'll, percent, now we'll never know. Uh, yeah. But who else, who is else is on that card? I don't even know. Oh, dog. Fucking look that shit up right now. Is that? Uh, that's fucking, not the next pay per view card. Uh, no. It's. I think the, it's in the June. Rose Namajunas card is the next pay per view card. No, I think it's in June. Do you but, know the number on it? Uh, two thirty nine. UFC. 239. <clears throat> but, dog, I was looking at, it like, uh, Ben Askren is fighting Masvidal yeah. on that card. And that's, like, the fucking seventh uh, best so fight. It's insane. The It's literally the final. So, yeah. George, is it George or Jorge Masvidal? Have we ta- have we talked about this before? Uh, I don't know. I don't know either. It's Masvidal versus Ben Askren. Diego Sanchez versus Michael Chiesa. That's a weird fight. Mm-hmm. How old is Diego Sanchez? 90? <laughs> He's been around the game for like since he was 18. So like he's Yo, probably got that Tobias Harris factor. This name you think is that wild. Is. Edmund Shabazian. He doesn't even have a Wikipedia link. Right. Versus Jack Marshman. I don't know them. Jan Blackowitz and Luke Rockhold. Mm-hmm. Rockhold moved up to light heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Um, I bet you if Rockhold wins that, they'll probably have him fight John. That'd be sick. Francis versus Junior. Mm-hmm. Hell yes. Amanda Leona versus Holly Holm. <laughs> at Bantamweight. So that's... 35. 35. So that's Amanda's weight class. Right. And then John Jones versus Thiago Santos. That's a good-ass card. That's a real good card. Did you see who Robbie Lawler's fighting? So Ben Askren's next fight, they put up... Ben Askren beat Robbie Lawler. Right. Ben Askren is fighting Masvidal. Robbie Lawler is fighting Tyron Woodley. Why not, dude? Dude, Robbie Lawler will fight anybody not. at any time, Why and he'll make it a not. war. I love Robbie Lawler. Love that, dude. If Okay, so say if like it's like the first fight where like Tyron Woodley comes out and he looks like a world beater. Dude, Tyron Woodley can beat anybody. Yeah. yeah well, like what, but, what do you do then? <laughs> like, If Tyron Woodley beats Robbie yes. Lawler? Well, not just beats, but like looks different than he has for the past he fight, five fights well, while he was Let's also champion. assume Ben Askren beats Masvidal, right? Or vice versa. Mm-hmm. I think you have Tyron Woodley fight the winner of that fight, and the winner of that fight gets a title shot. Because mm. right now, the champ... It, I can't keep track of all the champions off the top of my head. <laughs> it's too much. <laughs> Who just beat Tyron? Jesus. Mm-hmm. Fucking uh, 
Adesanya is also a middleweight too, right? Yes. Fucking killers row, dude. So many good middleweights. Middleweight, welterweight, and lightweight is like stacked. Right. Uh, Yo. Why are you making this hard on me, UFC? Panterweight, featherweight, lightweight, welterweight. Kamaru's Mon. Remember, he dominated. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He wrestled the shit out of him. Yeah. <clears throat> Colby Covington is ranked really high. Darren Till is ranked really high. He just got arrested. Oh, yeah. Uh, What did he do? Fucking... Stole a cop car. Or no, a taxi. He stole a taxi. <laughs> Not a cop car. That'd be even more wild. <laughs> Rafael Dos Anjos is in the top five. So, like... Robbie Lawler and Ben Askren and Masvidal and who's the other fighter we just mentioned? Turn Woodley, Robbie Lawler, Masvidal, Ben Askren. Uh, out of Adesanya? those four. Out of, the, out of those four. Right. Uh, none of them are in the top five. Okay. But Ben Askren but you could make the one the, that could... you could make the case for giving any of them a title top shot. five status or a title shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the weight class is just so stacked. Who's in the top five? Uh, jo- uh, Yoel? Not Joel. I just told you the top five. Tyrone Woodley, Colby Covington, Darren Till, Stephen Thompson, Rafael Dos Anjos. Gotcha. Wonder Boy. Hmm. Let Wonder Boy fight a different champion, please, instead of those boring-ass fights against Woodley. I'm, I'm mixing up middleweight and welterweight right yes, now. Yes, you are. Yeah. Yes, you are. Because that Asanya is on middleweight. Mm-hmm. And is trying to like punch up and talk shit to John Jones for some reason. What are you doing, kid? You've got a shot here. You got a chance here, man. Don't don't make that dude come down and beat you up. I think it's more stupid for John Jones. John has just been responding. Like basically uh somebody asked him about Adesanya and he basically was like, "Yeah, he's really talented. Uh, you know, I want to see him do it against so and so." And then Adesanya started like talking shit. Dude, I'm dude, I'm all about fucking Israel fucking Oh, yeah, it's great. But like shit. at the same time, like, that's the kind of shit talk that you can't really back up. Right? I mean, What are you going to do? You're going to go up 20 pounds? He, do you know what he weighed in in his last fight? He, under 183. Right? Yeah. You want to go up to 205, He's a homie? small middleweight. Yeah. You want to go up to 205? Mm-hmm. You want to see what happens to you if you fight Look, John Jones? I agree with you. But even <gasps> if he took that fight, I'd be I don't, like, good on you, Izzy. I don't want to see that happen. I don't. I don't. I don't want to see Israel Adesanya get ragdolled by anybody. I don't either. I don't know either. That would be ugly. But if Izzy wants to do it, Izzy wants to do it. No, dude. go fight Bobby Knuckles. Put on a war somewhere in either Australia or New Zealand. It's gonna be dope. I agree with you. I agree with you. But dude can talk shit all he wants. I'm so hyped for he's that. He's trying. He's trying to make a name for himself, and I like it. I'm so hyped for that fight. Yeah. Well, no, like, sure, that's fine. Trying mm-hmm. to make, but like, in the effort of trying to make a name for yourself. Doing it by just like talking shit or calling out people that you can't fight doesn't make sense. You're not gaining anything. Dog, fucking your boy Max Holloway just said that he would fight DC or whatever after That's his true. fight. He did. After he, he lost. Did. He did. <laughs> yeah, but that was a little different because he wasn't like talking shit about DC. He was more just being like, you know, I'll fight anybody. I, and I think, you know that's real I think Adesanya me. also does that. I think that there's more humor to what Adesanya is mm, doing yeah, than, yeah, than you're giving credit for. I don't, I don't think. I have not seen him saying it, but I've only read it. So it doesn't come well, through. Well, he's doing like John Jones impressions and shit. Really? Yeah. That's kind of like, it, Yeah. It's, it's, it's not. Colby Covington. He's not just being, like yeah, he's not just being an antagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, Dude, is, is Colby coming in and he completely passed by, do you think? Does he get completely or passed by? Or is he going to get mean? the shot against, like, 
So there was like that brief moment where he fought for like an interim belt or something. Yeah. I think he has an interim belt mm-hmm. or something like that. I don't know, dude. There's too many interim belts flying around. But where it seemed like he was going to be like the next dude to get a shot at Woodley. And then he just didn't. I think he got hurt or something. And now it's like he's an afterthought. And he's like desperately, constantly trying to like put himself back in people's minds by saying more and more ridiculous things. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't think barely anybody knows who he is. Mm-hmm. And the people that do know who he is don't like him. Well, he's like the the worst parts of Conor McGregor without the humor. Mm-hmm. Like without the cleverness and like mm-hmm. the, the... Yeah, he's just mean. And without... I'll say this. Without the poetry. Mm-hmm. Fucking Conor McGregor is No, he's a poet. Dude, you think you come up with things like, we're not here to take part, we're here to take over without being That's a fucking straight. poet? <laughs> yeah, dude. That's awesome. That's a fucking... That's some great He says that in his whiskey commercial. <laughs> Are you kidding me? But yeah, man. Like they, they might give risky. they might give Colby Covington a shot at Usman. They obviously can't give it to Darren Till now, until his legal proceedings are taken uh-huh. care of. Now, maybe Wonder Boy. That wouldn't be a fun. I don't want to let someone else try to take the. Wonder Boy just got Usman. knocked out. Are you sure? By Anthony Pettis, right? Oh yeah, that was nasty. Yeah, yeah. you're right. These up these rankings must not be. Okay, that's because I wasn't on the official UFC site. It was why is the top link not the official UFC site? What were you looking at? Sure dog? I don't know. <laughs> okay, this is right. Okay, here we go. New rankings. Up to date rankings. Champion Kamaru Usman. Tyron Woodley, Colby Covington, Rafael Dos Anchos, Maz Vidal, Ben Askren. That's your top five. Makes way more sense. Mm-hmm. Darren Till, Steven Thompson, Wonderboy. Anthony Pettis, Santiago Ponzinibbio, Robbie Lawler. F- fill out your top 10. And it keeps going, dude. This class is lit. Mm-hmm. Leon Edwards, Damian fucking Maya, Neil Magny, some dude named Elizio Dos Santos, and Vicente Luque. Was Neil Magny Dam- is 12. I mean, 13, and Damian Maya is 12. When was the last time Damian Maya fought? I don't know. What is he, 95? <laughs> He's definitely way older than Diego Sanchez. <laughs> I'm going to look that up. And True. He might, dude, fucking, he might have that fucking Serge Ibaka syndrome. I think they're both around 40. Diego, or mid, mid 30s. Do you know that Serge Ibaka is only 29 years 29, old? 29, it's freaky. Is that dude. crazy? It's because he's been in the league. Okay, yeah. Diego Sanchez is 37. Holy shit. I told you dude. he was old, dude. <clears throat> That's nuts. 37 years old? Yeah, man. And, and like, he's not a young man's 37. No. That dude's been through Hell wars. No. <clears throat> Damien Maya, why you got to spell your name like that? I can't Google you. Diego Sanchez was, like, my favorite fighter. Really? Yeah. It used to be. Interesting. The Nightmare? Yeah. Uh, okay. Back when he was, because he's, like, started off, like, 16 and 0. That dude was, a, it was so fucking good. Diego Sanchez? Yeah. 37. He was just Damien Maya? 41. Get out of here, bro. I know people's ages. He's still older. Yeah, but I said 40s, and you were like, nah. For Damian Maya? Dog, you could have said 60, and I would have believed you. <laughs> I said that Diego Sanchez was, was, was yeah, younger. Yeah. You were right about Diego Sanchez yeah. being older. So that's wel- welterweight. Middleweight, Adesanya's weight class. Bobby Knuckles is your yeah. champion. Yeah. Adesanya's the interim champion and the number one contender. Then you've got Yoel, soldier of God. I'm 90, and I look like I'm 20, Romero. You know, he's like 40. He is 40, I think. Yeah. 
He's old as shit, and he looks like a 15-year-old. Yeah. He looks like a baby. <laughs> a swole-ass baby. Uh, Rockhold. Rockhold? I don't know if he's going to fight middleweight ever again, though. He was such a fucking big middleweight. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting. Ronaldo Souza. Kelvin is five. <clears throat> I wonder how, like, fucking a Luke Rockhold, John Jones fight would be so fucking, I'd like. I think he's next. And yeah? That would be my guess. If, if Luke wins this If fight. Luke wins the next fight mm. against Jan Blackowitz. Because I also, like, I think that. Uh, Which he should win. I'm making a lot of fucking comparisons here between uh, fucking MMA athletes and fucking NBA players uh, or basketball players. But, like, I think that Luke Rockhold kind of has, like, a Nasir Little kind of thing where, like, you, like, he steps up to the challenge. Like, you have to challenge him in order to see his actual potential. <clears throat> That's why, like, uh, Luke, like, when well, you remember when him- he lost to, uh, who was it? Who did he have no interest in fighting? Mike Bisping. That's right. He lost to Mike Bisping. Bisping got the belt. Because mm-hmm. he had no interest in Because Mike in Bisping that fight. stepped in like with like a week's notice or whatever, and yep. then he fucking lost to Mike Bisping. Because he Dude, I'm not going to lie. Him. I'm not going to lie. That was awesome. Yeah. It's crazy how fucking Mike Bisping completely turned Tame around his, uh, his image, narrative. Yeah. yeah. Like, the people hated him. Mm-hmm. DC did the same thing. People used to hate DC. I, yeah. I think they were more like... It was more like... Stop acting like you're the greatest. John Jones exists. They were more annoyed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like Mike Bisping was like, he was like a villain mm-hmm. because of like all the shit that happened between him and Dan Henderson mm-hmm. and how much of an antagonist he was. Yeah. Um, He's also just good on TV. Dog, what if in like five years we're like, man, Colby Covick did such a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it could happen. This weight class isn't as deep, but the top is really good. No, but seeing Luke, I like, I don't think that, as as big as Luke Rockhold is, he's going to be fucking dwarfed by John Jones. Yeah, dude, John Jones is a giant monster. <sighs> he could fight heavyweight all he wanted if he felt like it. He could go back to doing powerlifting and just straight up fight heavyweight and never cut weight if he felt like it. Mm-hmm. Just roll up, be like 240, right. smash motherfuckers. Yeah. It'd be terrifying. Yeah. The one thing I wonder about John is if he moved up to heavyweight, would he face a Max Holloway-type challenge of overcoming a lack of power that we just saw Max have against Dustin Poirier, right? Dustin, Dustin clearly mm-hmm. was way more powerful than mm-hmm. Max was. Max touched up Dustin way more yeah. than Dustin touched him up. But every time Dustin hit him, it meant more. Mm-hmm. That's why Dustin won They're the fight. They're significant, yeah. Yeah. John isn't a knockout artist, even at light heavyweight. He is just an artist. He's more, yeah, he's more technical. He just <clears throat> finds ways to almost like Max Holloway drown you in what he's doing to you. Whether yeah. it's the thing that's different is that he does it with every different type of technique. He mm-hmm. does it with grappling. He does it with jujitsu. He does it with striking, different forms of striking, kicks, elbows. He's not really, he's never really been a one punch knockout type of guy. Yeah. So I wonder if him moving up the heavyweight would, would make that more of a hole in his game. Because True. dudes at heavyweight are going to put you to sleep. Yeah, they're going to Like, I would love to watch just a jacked up John Jones fight. Like, Stipe? That would be cool. But, mm-hmm. uh, like, I'm thinking, like, France is like a true monster. Like, a, like, a, like, a, like a terrifying, like, yeah. creature. Francis Ngannou. Like, that would be crazy. What a weird fight. Is there any way that fucking John Jones doesn't just, like, fucking uh, 
like low single the fuck out of Francis Ngannou. It would be like he fucking, would. That would be his plan. Obviously, it would be like Randy Couture versus uh, uh, James Tony. Remember that fight? No. So you, do you know who James Tony is? Yes. He, yeah, like old school boxer. Oh, oh the boxer came, guy he fought. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. He, but he came in at fucking like at, he was at least eighty seven years old. Yeah. Uh, fucking Randy Couture was like. Yeah. Also, you know what? I'll, I'll I'll welcome you into the MMA. Uh, but yeah, just fucking took him down with a low single. Yeah, it's. I think he submitted him. Uh, he 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 said that he wanted to give him the the, the full MMA experience. <laughs> <laughs> so so he uh, that I think like clearly that would, and a that would bit be then, John's plan. Obviously, but we don't know how much work Francis has been putting into his takedown defense. We don't know that dude has the physical gifts. To become like to be good at that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Physically, he could become great at takedown defense. Yeah, if he worked really hard, got good coaching, he could do that. If fucking what's his name, Khalil Roundtree Jr. can disappear for six months in Thailand and come back with a completely different fighting style that he's amazing yeah, at, dude. anyone can learn anything. Yeah, fucking send uh, send Francis to Iowa, train with fucking yeah. fucking Pat Militich. Sure. Or like to, to Pennsylvania. Go train with Jordan Burroughs or something. Go, yeah. Go, yeah. Go train with fucking Kale Sanderson. Yeah. You see, uh, Ben Askren's going to have a, like a grappling competition with Jordan Burroughs. They're going to like put it on the internet. Oh, nice. And raise money for charity or something. Nice. Yeah, man. DC will eventually move up to head. I hope that Ben doesn't like become, uh, Colby Covington. I don't want him to be that. Like, I, cause like I, I know who Ben Askren is. And I know, like, but Ben has more. Ben has the thing that Connor has that you talk about. He has the a little bit more humor. He has the yeah. flair to it that mm-hmm. Colby is just mean for, yeah. for for mean's sake. He's like how Chael Sonnen was in the build up to the Anderson Silva fight. Yeah, but Chael was so funny, dude. Yeah, but he was like overly mean. Like he said, like really like disgusting stuff about Brazilians in general, like. He he generalized Brazil to be a country where people live in mud huts. But I think that if if your point is like to obviously to Chael show Sonnen how is a funny person, how, well, but if if your point is to show how like little thought is being put into what Covington is saying to what Colby is saying, then like I don't think that Chael. I don't the think there's not thought behind it. I think that he's found a brand that he can grab onto. I think that there's and that a certain I think that there's thought, of, but I think it's a fucking modicum a of thought. Certain dude. I don't sect think that, of people are going to attach to. I think that it's a modicum of thought, and I don't think that there's any fucking. I don't. I don't think that it's anything to be applauded. I, to me, it's like like I don't know like like there's all that's like saying like there's also a thought to a kid throwing a tantrum so that he could have more attention. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. Oh, I think that I think that Colby Covington saw a hole in this. He saw the political landscape of America, and mm-hmm. he was like, "Well, no one is doing this side of the thing." Mm-hmm in this sport. So I'll just be that guy and all these dudes will love me for it. And it's true. Like people attach to that. If you're a, if you are like a Trumpo, you love Colby Covington because he wears make America great hat and stuff like that. Like not all Colby Covington fans are racist, but all racists are are Colby Colby Covington fans. (laughs) I don't even know that much about him. Like I know he's a wrestler. Mm -hmm. He kind of came out of nowhere. Hmm. Anyway, you got any more UFC talk? Yeah, I don't. We're just trying to fill time here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> UFC basketball. Tiger won the Masters. That was super dope. 
I don't know if you saw any of the parallel pictures um, from when he won his first Masters to mm. this one. Yeah, how old he looks. <laughs> no, dude. The the first one was the picture of him hugging his dad afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had like a really well-documented, like weird relationship with his father. His father mm. pushed him very hard. Mm-hmm. And then after this one, he like hugged his son. And it was like a really, just oh, okay. really cool. nice moment. That's cool. Yeah, it was cool. Do you... We talked about this in my speech class a little bit about uh, the idea of um, we're going over like persuasion, mm-hmm. uh, persuasive speeches and uh, how <clears throat> I think it was Socrates that like said that there's, I mean, I, you know, ethos, pathos and logos. Fuck right? boys like Socrates. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, but like we were talking about, um, about ethos mm-hmm. and uh, the, like the the merit of people's character and like how it could uh, change like and he specifically brought up sports because like he was like the the crazy thing about sports is that like even when you go through something awful if you start winning again mm-hmm. it kind of makes everyone forget yep uh, and he brought up Kobe and then he brought up Tiger okay um, Muhammad Ali is a huge example of that Muhammad Ali was a villain. People mm-hmm. hated him. And then four years later, he became a hero. Well, like, are you, are you talking about, like, the, the villainous nature that was created from, like, him, like, draft dodging and shit mm-hmm. like that? I feel like that's a little bit different. Because I think that, like, the... I'm just talking about it from a narrative sense. Well, Generally think, speaking, from a narrative sense. But I also think that, like, the... His stance as like a civil rights i think it's closer to like kaepernick than mm-hmm. i think than than anything than no that's like probably Tiger. the best modern example <clears throat> except colin because kaepernick will I probably think, never get the opportunity to come back well and he also like the the uh the the magnitude of um success within their sports like it's nothing compared to muhammad ali true um, i mean kaepernick went to a super bowl but you went to a Super Bowl. You no, know, he, he, he never won it. One of he never won MVP. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but I, it's not like Kaepernick is some was some scrub. But the, I think that they both, after you know a couple decades, are going to be looked uh, back as like oh, like these are you know people that incited change and were good yeah. for civil rights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that they they both are going to be sure. looked at that. Absolutely. Where like, as in their time, it was much more divisive. Mm-hmm. But as time goes on, it's going to be a lot more um, beneficial for their, their narratives. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the Tiger one's kind of crazy. Um, the the fact that he was able to win a Masters after this amount of time. Fucking, how many back surgeries has he had? Four? four f- it's nuts. It's four. Might be seven. Right. There's like, For some reason... Seven is in my head. A lot. Because mm-hmm. here's the weird thing. You're talking about Tiger. Um, I don't think Tiger was ever a villain. Tiger was like, uh, he was up on a pedestal. He was like a hero. He was, you know, not only was he the best golfer in the world, but he was like the most feared athlete in his sport in the world too. Like mm-hmm. other golfers were like afraid of playing with Tiger Woods. He would just destroy you. Mm-hmm. And... On top of that, he was like the only black dude in golf mm-hmm. and he was the best at it. So he was also this, maybe not even like, he, he maybe not, like didn't even fully embrace it, but he was like this symbol, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, although I have seen a, a really interesting video of him like as a kid 
and they were like, what uh, tournament do you want to win the most? And he was like, I want to win the masters because, uh, what was the line? I can't remember. It was basically something about how a black person had never won it. And they hadn't allowed black members until it's like really much later and stuff. Right. So he was like, he wanted to like prove them mm-hmm. that like, you know, his people could, could mm-hmm. be great. Um, he's mixed, right? He's half Asian. His dad is black. Yeah, his dad's and his black mom and his mom's like some kind of Asian. She like Thai? Something like that. Yeah. Um anyway, so like his um his like sports persona and his like celebrity persona are different. <clears throat> like he he had a huge physical ailing falling falling down physically in in his sport where he had all the back problems and shoulder problems and like just so many different issues physically that he just couldn't get back to being the type of golfer he was and because of all the stuff he went through he then became addicted to painkillers and that was sort of what started him down this crazy path of his physical downfall where he you know he got caught cheating on his wife and he was apparently like a sex addict and he then was later found on the side of a road in a crashed car just completely hopped up on pills, didn't know where he was. He thought he was in California. He was in Florida. He just went through this really tragic downfall as a person. And it's weird, like, uh, the, the overcoming of those things are different, but sort of publicly viewed as the same. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're saying they're they're publicly viewed as the same, like the the the, the his casual physical trials versus... who views Tiger Woods as a celebrity, uh-huh. kind of sees him winning the Masters as overcoming both of them, everything he's ever had to go through. Mm-hmm. That isn't necessarily true. No, but like, I th- like I think he's been sort of in in terms of his personal life, he's been in a much better place for like two years, yeah, three years even, right, where he sort of got himself clean. Uh, started finding more healthy ways to, you know, take care of his body and sort of trying to uh, have the best version of a, of a personal life as he could f- figure out, you know. He has a relationship with his children and, you know, his mom was there. He's obviously, you know, he's divorced from his, his wife now, but, and he dated a skier. What was her name? Lindsay Vaughn. Yeah. She's another one whose body is just fucked up. Mm-hmm. Jesus. Knee surgery. Fuck and being shit. a skier, dude. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Rip your knees. Dude. Yeah. Um, like it, yeah, that's true. But like, I feel like there's a, and I think this is, it's one of the reasons why this happens with sports so much is because sports are such like physical manifestations of success, mm-hmm. you know, like they're, they're that. And I think that's why, sport- well, it's easy to see the success, right? Right. Right. When you hold up the trophy. Yeah. You're you holding on the trophy. Jacket. Like you, you, you're, you're conquering over something, mm-hmm. you know, like there's, it's just a, a direct representation. Yeah. Whereas of struggle. if you find success in a struggle against, uh, pharmaceutical medication or mm-hmm. fighting or against depression. alcoholism or depression, there's mm-hmm. no physical representation of what that looks like. Really. Right. And it's not as immediate yeah. and, and as uh, visually gratifying. Well, and it's, I think it goes on forever. Yeah. You're, it's always something that you are, you know, f- fighting. Yeah. But there's a lot of like, uh, but I think that idea uh, of sports, and I think that's one of the reasons why it makes sports so compelling is because it's so, uh, 
you, you can project your own struggles, mm-hmm. struggles on. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like obviously like the most compelling thing for me right now in sports is the, the journey of Markel Fultz mm-hmm. because I'm projecting my own mm-hmm. ideas of what he's going through. Yeah. You don't even know what, what he's I'm going, going through. through. You just are correlating it to your own exactly. experience. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, I also think that like the, it's easy even so like you, you, you brought up how like, oh, he's probably already over, you know, uh, the, 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 the character stuff, like the, the off. Well, I don't want to say over it, but it's like he has put it he's like been behind in a better place. Him. Yeah. He's been he's in been, a better place. Um, yeah. And he, uh, but like, there's a lot of times when that. it's it, it, it's it's almost like those physical manifestations start to become the narrative more than anything you know mm-hmm. like like they as time goes by that becomes the truth even though it's not really true um i would say like a, a good example of it is the 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 heath ledger so like on the in the opposite sense and then i'll bring up my own personal th- uh, example as well but like the the, the, the heath- idea that heath ledger died because of suicide because of playing the joker yeah 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 that it's not actually true, but yeah. it's a it's a narrative that people like. And to never say, say that to Michael J. White because he'll get mad at you. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I would I would like another one in my personal life, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's really easy for me. It's much easier for me to tell the the story of my life, like with my, you know, being admitted into a mental hospital mm-hmm. as being my rock bottom. But the thing was, like, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's like a physical manifestation of rock bottom. It's like the, the the thing that like people like are like, oh well, you know, he had to spend eight days here. Like, obviously, this is the 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 lowest point for him. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't true. Like, mm-hmm. I was actually in a, a really good place. The reason that like I even got to the mental hospital was because I was in a really good place and I was being honest with the people yeah. above me. Yeah. Um, you know, and fucking that led to me putting work into myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but like. I don't know. I was just, it, it made me think of that. Like uh, the, it's like a, like the, the inverse idea of that. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, that's like, uh, that's why sports movies are so beloved. Cause you can parallel that physical representation of overcoming something with watching the storyline. Yeah, and, and it happens in a majority of good sports movies. Yeah. Like glory road, Rem- uh, remember the Titans, both are paralleling sports with racism. Yep. yep. Love Glory Road. Do you like Glory Road more than Remember the Titans? Yeah, yeah. I love Glory Road, dude. I love. Is that Glory your favorite Road. sports movie? Probably. It's up there. Really? It's up there. It's been. I've, I I've, love the characters, man. I'm the minor. characters are fun. <laughs> Bobby <laughs> Lou. I think I'm, I may. I'm, I might have seen it twice. I love that. Definitely movie. once. I've seen it once. I could go through you, <laughs> over you, under you, around you, spin you like a top, kick your dog, steal your girl, eat your lunch, get past you. <laughs> is that is that when he's talking to Lucas Hedges and then Lucas Hedges? Uh, you mean Derek Luke? Huh? Derek oh, Luke Lucas is Hedges talking to the coach. Yeah, that's no, that's a different character talking to him. That's Neville Shed. I'm pretty sure. Uh-huh. Real real name Neville Shed. I don't know the actor's name. And the coach is like trying to recruit him at like a YMCA or something. And he's like, get past me. And the guy's like, get past you. And then. Yeah. No. Yeah. He's saying it to Lucas. He Hedges says it to I'm the saying. coach. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. And then uh, he can't get past him. 
because the coach de- the mm. coach dees him up. Yeah, the coach he's like, "You're fouling up. me," and he's like, "My three year old calls it a love tap." Yeah, <laughs> and then he teaches him a rocker step. Yeah, <laughs> and that's the only reason I know what a rocker step is. <laughs> and John Voight shows up later, and he's Fucking all mean. Glory Road, love that movie. Uh, yeah. I like Remember the Titans. What do you think of when you first think of like Remember the Titans? What is the first? I don't know Remember the Titans super well. Really? I think of Ryan Gosling being a liability. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's, that's the that's what first I think thing. of. Yeah, <laughs> Ryan Gosling thing. is a liability. I think of uh, what like they, he took him to the, like the field where the battle. Denzel, of Denzel's Remember the Titans, right? Yeah, dude. So what is wrong with you? Really? Of course it's Denzel. Who else would it be? I don't know. Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> I'd watch that. I'd watch a movie where Jake Gyllenhaal plays a football coach. Uh, I, I don't think that it would really translate as good. <laughs> not that. Not remember the Titans specifically. I'm just saying I'd watch a movie where Jake Gyllenhaal plays a coach. Right. Because, oh, yeah, because I'd watch a movie with anything Jake Gyllenhaal does. But he's like an alcoholic. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Let me see that. Okay. Fucking uh, Miles Teller plays point guard. Miles Teller is a point guard. Yeah. Miles Teller is kind of tall. Mm-hmm. He could pull it off. Yeah. Interesting. Speaking of Miles Teller, <laughs> you want to talk about some of these some of these little things that came out? Yeah. So there weren't there wasn't a lot of movie news this week or anything, but there's a couple trailers for a couple Amazon shows that are coming out. One of them was called "Too Old to Die Young," starring Miles Teller. Um, this is being uh, created by and directed by Nicholas Winding when Winding. Winding? What? Refn. <laughs> Nicholas Winding Refn. There we go. The director of Drive and writer-director of <clears throat> Only God Forgives. Probably things he's most known for. Mm-hmm. I love Drive. I've never seen Only God Forgives. I've heard I would not like it. I don't think you would. Yeah. Uh, the, Refn makes very bleak stuff. Like, uh, it's beautiful. His His composition of shots and imagery is beautiful and he make he puts dope synth soundtracks in his stuff mm-hmm. but like the tonally it's like bleak i, I would say and like, very like the lead character is often like emotionless right i would say like going beyond bleak like he makes art house films like those are the, the types Explain of movies. Explain what an art house. So film an art is. an art house uh, film is basically a, a movie that is is sort of like. Uh, it subverts uh, like a mainstream kind of feel, a mainstream tone that like uh, it's it's like very uh, like an anti Marvel movie I, I, mm-hmm. I would say, um, but it's usually they uh, the the kind of aspects to these kind of films are like uh, hyper violence, a lot of sexuality. Uh, they're usually visually very captivating, um, but they occupy a lot of um, just at aspects that you don't see. On a lot of mainstream films. Drive didn't have any hypersexuality in it, did it? Hmm? Off the top of my head, I can't remember. Uh, no, I don't I'm think not, it did. doesn't have to. Oh, okay, okay. But it obviously has hyper-violence. Yeah, super-violent. Um, super-violent. And it's obviously fucking visually fucking beautiful. Yeah. Uh, I would... So I wanted to talk about that first with, uh, with this trailer for the show. Mm-hmm. Did you... I wasn't... Like, the cinematography looks good. Like, it's... it's it's good. It's like find a good. Like there's a couple of shots where I was like, oh, that's cool. Like the red rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you remember that, but um, 
but like drive and only God forgives are like next level. Yeah. So I, I think it might be, you know, maybe it's just cheaper. Like maybe like, maybe, the, uh, maybe he's working different cinematographer. A, yeah, I don't know. N- different cinematographer. The fact that it's a TV series, like mm-hmm. they, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's more difficult to get cinematography like that. It's also <clears throat> more content, 10 episodes of something. Yeah. And I, I mean, we don't, we don't know the final product. It might be beautiful. What, what are they, uh, when are they, what are they releasing it on? Is Amazon. It, Amazon? Yep. Hmm. Uh, interestingly, you said anti-Marvel movie. You see who the co-creator is? Ed Brubaker? He wrote Captain America Civil War. Oh, nice. Yeah. Hmm. How weird is Interesting. that? <clears throat> I'm uh, sorry. Winter Soldier, not Civil War. He wrote Winter Soldier. Okay. Or was one of the writers on Winter Soldier. So what was your opinions of Drive? And I love you, Drive. Are you... Oh, really? Yeah, I love Drive. Okay. Yeah. Why do you like Drive? Because it's dope. Because <laughs> it's dope. <laughs> Um, uh, I think when I saw drive, I had never really seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. I don't have, I don't watch art house stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, but like, I think the thing that I really like about it is while it has those features of like art house, like especially like the hyper violence thing and, and it's beautiful and the soundtrack is super dope. There's this through line of Ryan Gosling's character where it's just like so pure. You know what I mean? He's just wants to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. Plus, he wears a super dope jacket. He, yeah, he kind of has like a, a Russ Cole kind of thing to him, where like he he has like a, a moral ground, mm-hmm. but like it can manifest itself and kind of fucked up. Plus, ways. dude, that was Oscar Isaac before anyone knew who he was. Yeah, dude. The uh, fucking you know the first time I saw Oscar Isaac in a movie. Nope. A movie called Sucker Punch. Oh yeah, he is in Sucker Punch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't see Sucker Punch until way later. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think I saw it in, mo- in the movie theater, dude. Mm-hmm. I forgot why. I think I just like saw like like uh, Nazi zombies or whatever that's in it, and fucking like there's a whole bunch of crazy shit in that movie. But <clears throat> it's a wild movie. Samurais. It's a bunch of like just mm-hmm. uh, amalgam, amalgam of things. I remember Jacob loving that movie in high school. Yeah, just being like everyone go see this, and then nobody went and saw it. Yeah, and it's also from the greatest director of all time. Who? <laughs> Zack Snyder. That's a Zack Snyder that's movie? A, that's Zack Snyder. I'm not surprised when I think about it. Like, mm-hmm. visually, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Interesting. So, like... So, are you excited for, for this? I want to see it, for sure. Yeah. I mean, like, excited you know, in terms of relative to what? Well, like... <clears throat> I'm you, way more excited for, like, The Mandalorian. Like, would you ever watch Only God Forgives? Yeah, I'd watch it. You'd watch it? Yeah. Okay. I would watch it, for sure. I think, I think Refn is a genius, like, at what he does, in a way. He's like he's the type of person where I want. He's the type of creator where I want to see the things he makes. It's just he doesn't. He has a where you know it's him. You know what I mean? I think that you would have like a a True Detective two kind of response to it. Ooh, rough. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I think you might respect. Dude, it I wanted to see that movie. It's super bad after the trailer came out for it. Yeah. Only, yeah. Like the end of that trailer, we just goes want to fight. I was like, dude, I want to see the. I want to see this fucking visually movie. beautiful. Yeah. And Especially that scene, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the scene with fucking Ryan Gosling. Uh, just gets the fuck beat out of him. Dude. Yeah. Just gets the <laughs> fuck beat out of him. Dude. It's so interesting. But um, yeah, it's not It's not as, uh, like it's even more arty and mm-hmm. more, uh, and, and less uh, conventional than, yeah. than even Drive is. Um, but yeah, I, I like Drive more. I would love to rewatch Drive. I haven't watched it in forever. Mm-hmm. Pretty much everyone that I've talked to that's seen them both likes Drive more. Right. 
I don't <clears throat> think I've met anyone that likes Only God Forgives more than Drive. There's a lot of people that don't like Drive. It's kind of disappointing. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's that, I feel like just a lot of people just wouldn't like anything that could be described as art house. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's sort of something where a generic moviegoer wouldn't like that kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'll, I'll watch this show. Did you get any true detective vibes from it? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. That's what I, th- I've thought of true detective. Absolutely. I think, I think part of it is because Miles Teller is playing a cop. Mm-hmm. You know, what's weird is I saw that this was the thing. Miles Teller tweeted out the trailer, I think, or something like that. And in my head, I was like, Miles Teller in a Refn project. That's interesting because in my mind, I was like, Ryan, it's not that Ryan Gosling isn't hyper charismatic. He is, obviously. But he has this side of him where he can access that sort of like blankness. Mm-hmm. Miles Teller is so like infatuating as a person. He's so charismatic that in my head, I was like, can, can Refn like tone him down to fit that sort of idea of what his leads are Mm -hmm. and it seems like he does in the trailer but like how can you contain miles teller for 10 episodes you know what i mean Mm -hmm. how can you stop him from being charming for 10 episodes (laughs) i don't know if you can yeah it's definitely interesting especially uh john hawks i don't know if Mm -hmm. you're a big john hawks fan i don't know much about him uh i mean he's been so like he he's one of these guys um that was a huge character actor for a, a majority of his career to start out with and then he kind of like just he he pivoted and started mm-hmm. b- b- doing a lot more like sort of menacing roles okay. so like he was um you see you seen hardball or no no the keanu reeves baseball movie with young Michael B. Jordan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he's the coach. Yes. Yes. Okay. Right. So John Hawks is in that movie. He oh. plays. Uh, um, he's in Hardball, and he, he like he plays. That's like uh, an example of him doing that character actor. He's like kind of like a like a sleazy. Mm-hmm. Um, like the reason that Keanu Reeves has to coach this team is because like, <clears throat> fucking, uh, he owes John Hawks money or something. Oh, okay, like that. gotcha. Um, oh, isn't he like a gambler or something? Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah. Keanu Reeves is like a like a yeah a gambler, but. Um, and, and John Hawks like would normally play like that, that sort of like high pitched kind of squeezy like sleazy kind of mm-hmm. like kind of uh, rat face guy you know mm-hmm. um, but then like around the time of like Martha Marcy May Marlene that era like nice there was work. there Good was work there. there was like two movies like in that same year about where he just like kind of pivoted and started playing more menacing characters okay. really like and. Uh, he did more like he switched up his voice more with his performances. Like he started, uh, portraying like more d- d- deeper, like, like he had this deeper register than mm-hmm. I'd ever uh, seen him. It was like really interesting how like he just completely changed the types of characters that he was portraying. Yeah. Um, and I'm a huge fan of his, uh, th- I think winner's bone was another one with Jennifer sure Lawrence. You- yeah. I think yeah, her I think first that- Oscar nom. Yeah. When she was like 16 or whatever the fuck. Was she that young? Yo, she was young as fuck. I know she was young. I didn't know she was that young. She was young. <clears throat> I mean, she's still young. She's like in her mid-20s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. um, but uh, yeah, fucking, I'm, I'm a big John Hawks fan. I'm okay. John Hawks. There you go. Um, so it's interesting to see those three kind of come together for a single project. Mm-hmm. Did you see any of Billy Baldwin? No, in that trailer, he's, uh, he's listed on IMDb as one. He's of the, the top no. build character in in the in on the IMDb. Yeah, I his, think it might be. I don't think that that's. I don't think it's in order, right? 
Sometimes that happens when shows aren't out yet or when movies aren't out. It's apparently like, he is in 10 episodes, though. Yeah, but like in his character's name isn't even there. Strange. They don't even know like who he's playing. <clears throat> but yeah, sometimes when things aren't out yet, they're in a weird order mm-hmm. on the casting list and stuff. Yeah, but I, yeah, I found out weird. That was the first thing I saw on mm-hmm. IMDb. Um, yeah, I'm still excited, though. It's uh, interesting. I'll wait until... Be cool. I think I think Amazon has some like... They make some interesting choices for their shows. Like uh-huh. Homecoming was an interesting show. Yeah, for sure. I don't know, like, yeah, they, they have some cool shows that they decide to make. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's not, I'm not, I'm not like uh, pining to see it, you know? Like, yeah, I'm not, it's I'm not, just like, when it comes like, out, that'll be on the I'm list of things to watch. When it comes out, I'm going to let people watch it mm-hmm. and then be like, and then get a good feel yeah, for it. Yeah, because if it's, if it's like... If it's more only God forgives than drive, maybe not watch it. For me, for me, uh, Winding Refn also made Neon Demon, right? Yes, I haven't seen that with um, L Fanning, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, dog. I, I saw her on a fucking episode of House. How young recently. was she? Was she dog, like was she like so two years young. old? So fucking young, dude. She Weird. was like, L Fanning's talented. Yeah, she's a good actress. Mm-hmm. She also picks weird projects. She was just in like a weird. Uh, I don't even know how to explain it. It was like aliens in like a British music scene movie. Okay. It was wild looking. Hmm. Yeah. I wanted to see it, but I don't know where to find it. All right. The other Amazon show that you just watched trailer for is called The Boys. I don't know why I said it like that. I wish they spelt it with an I. The Boys. <laughs> the Boys. <laughs> uh, the Boys created by uh, Seth Rogen and his squad. Oh, really? I didn't even pick that up. It literally said from the guys who made Sausage Party and Preacher I in saw the trailer. A, I saw Sausage Party and Preacher didn't make didn't register in your head what it was. Nope. This is a, one of the several things that said, dude, Seth Rogen works, man. That guy is constantly making stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it might be like his production company more than just him specifically and everything. Yeah. But he has like his hands on all these projects. Uh huh. What do you think about the trailer? It reminded me of Hancock. Did you get that? No, at I don't all? think about Hancock no? at all. No, I think it's, it made me think of like Watchmen, but like, I, I, I it reminded me of that, but it obviously doesn't have the the serious tones. Yeah, of it's like goofier Watchmen. Yeah, if if I don't know, if like, it's like I don't know, like uh, teenage Watchmen. You know what I mean? Like 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 a like a millennial goofy version of Watchmen, you know, mm-hmm. like, like where everybody kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. They're all assholes. Yeah. All the superheroes are assholes. Yeah. That's the point of the show yeah. is what it seems it's like. More, it's like, it's, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, but they're superheroes. <laughs> um, I'm into the pitch. The, uh, if you came up to me and you're like, Hey, how would you feel about watching a show where Carl Urban punishes assholes for being assholes and the assholes are superheroes? I'd be like, that sounds interesting. I really like Carl Urban. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, like that's another one. Where, like I'll wait and see how the reception to the show is before I watch it. What's your favorite Carl Urban project? Uh, I like him in Star Trek. Really like Dread. Dread's dope. He's great as Judge Dread. That's my boy, Alex Garland. He wrote that. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I always forget that. Mm-hmm. I think it was. It's directed. a good movie, dude. Is it directed by Danny Boyle or something? Somebody like that. Good movie. Should have got a sequel. No, no. Fucking. Uh, Twenty Days Later was directed by Danny Boyle. I'll find out. He's um, really, dude, like props to Carl Urban for that movie. I don't know if he ever takes the helmet off. I don't think he does. Mm. Um, 
Directed by... He's also by, in Chronicles of oh, Riddick, right? Pete Travis. That's who directed Carl it? Carl is also great in Thor Ragnarok. True. Yep. Word. He's in Lord of the Rings too, dog. What are you talking about? What, did, what do I know Carl Urban from? Well, I, was, I said, what is your favorite Carl Urban project? No, I just, I don't know what's my favorite. I just named a bunch of them. Dread's probably my favorite. I fucking love Dread. Yeah, Dread was a great, Dread's sick. great, dude. Dread should have got a sequel, but for budgetary, it didn't do great uh, in theater performance, mm-hmm. and for budgetary reasons, it didn't. Mm-hmm. But Carl Urban is a great Judge Dread, and that's a really good fucking movie. I, like, I always like, kind of like, I like it when movies like that um, sort of get more of a cult following mm-hmm. because of that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like people are like, yo, like, you mean like the Wizard of movie? Oz? <laughs> what? <laughs> the Wizard of Oz bombed when it came out. Did people it? hated it. That's a famous thing. Yeah. People fucking hated the Wizard of Oz when it came out. That's kind of surprising. Right? It's wild. It's like now the first a, movie to use Technicolor, right? It's one of them. Yeah. It should be like a fucking landmark in, I mean, it is now. Yeah. Well, it's uh, now but, considered. But, but, but I mean, like, people should recognize the, the fucking history before. Oh, whatever. I don't know, man. Um, like, what was the first 3D movie? The first 3D movie? I don't know. Something in the 80s or something? I think there's a big difference between the first 3D movie and the first movie that has, uh, I mean, I guess, yeah, technical. No, kind of dude. It's the next step in technology. Technology, yeah. Yeah. When's going to be the first VR movie? That's what I want to know. Hmm. That'll be dope. Hmm. Is is a VR movie gonna be like when Harry Potter goes in the pensieve and that's how you experience it? He can't like interact with anybody. Exactly. There, right? He just watches the memories of yeah. the the memory of the person, but he can get like a whole perspective of everything. Like he you're not from the person's eyes. You're he's there. I remember, like, I'm, I'm not sure if this is in production or anything, but I remember a while ago, like a few years ago, when like a lot of people were experiencing with VR, they were uh, somebody pitched a VR show, and I think that like David Fincher was supposed to be attached to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the 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 idea of the show, uh, you were supposed to be like an invisible person, mm-hmm. like like you, you you had a superpower to go invisible, and I was like, that is the best way to fucking incorporate VR because like you're not like if you're like just witnessing things. You know what I mean? Like, like with, with with changes in technology, you sort of have to like, especially stuff like that. Like, you have to be able to uh, figure out how to how each narrative, like what and what narratives are going to be best within that medium, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like an invisible fucking man show where you're the invisible man. So you're making decisions. Hmm? You're doing things. Hmm? No, you're but. You're just no. You're just watching. That would be like more like choose your own adventure. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, don't know, I feel like that's what eventually gonna. I oh yeah, that, eventually VR video games are gonna be the shit. Oh, I, I think that Ready Player One, baby. Well, yeah, I think uh, movies, TV shows, video games are all just gonna right? go and straight to your just brain. Hack into the fucking matrix. Yeah, dog. Right, but we're not gonna have a fucking stupid ass. That's gonna be like the first thing that happens. You know, people yeah. are like, you, you have, have to it, plug in somehow. In. No, I won't. I'll skip that part. I'll yeah. skip the like, implant. Just and wait. wait for the chip. I'll wait for the Wi-Fi. Yeah, uh, and then you just like link up so that you're just laying in the recliner, and then boom, mm-hmm. you're fucking out catching Pokemon. Oh my god! Don't say that to me. Yeah, don't do that to me, dog. Would you? I think it might be the the downfall of mankind. I would not go into the real world. I'd just be a permanent Pokemon trainer. Right. That's what I would do. Right. I'd live my life you're, as a Pokemon dude, trainer. Dude, you're going to end up becoming a battery. I don't know the how Matrix, I'm... The Matrix is so fucking... I don't know how I'm going to get sustenance, Uh huh. but 
No, what they're going to do, the robots are going to put you in a fucking uh, uh, a jelly-filled sack, okay. like like like, a, like an embryo. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And then and that's how you fucking you gain. And I can just go be live in the Pokemon world. Mm-hmm. I'm down. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. I'm down. Yeah. So can I come okay out like a battery? Can I come out like once every three months? Just come out into the jelly-filled sack. No, I like to see my family. No, dude, and shit. Then, you, then you, you 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 break it. You can once you take the red pill, dog. No, 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 this is, we're not, you're doing strictly Matrix. I'm talking about the future. Future isn't going to exactly be the Matrix. You don't know that. That's true. I don't (laughs) know that for sure. It's possible, but hopefully it's not. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying, theoretically, if I could spend three months being a Pokemon trainer, I would. It'd be dope. If I can make money doing it somehow. I mean, making money in the Pokemon world is fucking easy. You just beat people. And they have to give you half their money. Yeah, but the thing is, like, it's going to be so, like, Pokemon Is it real game, money? Is well, it real money? No, but you have to think about how, like, would it uh, mimic real life or would it uh, mimic, like, uh, just a video game? Because, like, a video Both. game is designed for you to beat it. That's true. Right? That's true. Whereas real life, like, it's going to be more like... You have to be the very best like no one ever was. Being a Pokemon trainer is going to be as difficult as, like... Being like, an athlete. Yeah, being an athlete. Or, or I think I'd be being a, a chess master. I think I'd be a way better Pokemon a trainer master. than athlete. I think that's, like, I think I would. To, I think I would also be a way better Pokemon trainer than chess master. Yeah? Yeah. I think... Well, yeah, because uh, the, the difference between being a Pokemon trainer and chess master is, like... Your pieces have feelings, and you have to be able to bond with them. Yeah, man. And you can't because if you just I've got solid. Them pieces, I've got. I also have solid knowledge because I know way more about Pokemon than chess. True, um, <laughs> but like, there's a a, a a benefit to to bonding with your pieces. And if yeah. you just see them as pieces, you know, then you get you'll like never a Boston Celtics Danny Ainge situation. You'll never get the best out of them. You get a Boston Celtics Danny Ainge situation, that's, and the, the, sometimes that's the, some shots fired, right? And, there, and sometimes the, the the pieces are going to be a, a, a unhappy? little bit un- unhappy. Yeah. They might not melt well. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they might not be appreciative. Yeah. of the environment. Not that they should. Not that they should. But that's that's how they might react to you. Mm-hmm. You know. I'm good. I'm, I like using a lot of uh, like uh, lateral metaphors here. I'm, yeah. I'm, I've had at least like five or six. You're, you're killing it. You're killing it. Yo. <clears throat> so I mentioned the Mandalorian earlier. You know what that is, right? We've talked about it. The Pedro yeah. Pascal Star Wars show that's going to be on Disney Plus from day one. Mm-hmm. Yo, I just saw they're apparently going to do the Welcome to Tatooine. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's pretty good. I like that. Um, you cannot use a. Short saber in close quarters. <laughs> nah. All right. I mean, okay. Um, yeah, apparently they're doing the release schedule weekly, which kind of bums me out. I want to be able to just watch all of something. Just wait until it all comes out. Yeah, but like... It's lame. Why have it available day one if I can't watch it all yeah. day one? Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird how people are like, like uh, the, the, the format... Of like trying to compete with Netflix, but also not keeping all of. Well, the here's the debate, right? Best if you want Netflix. a show to be culturally significant, the debate is Game of Thrones, the most culturally driven show. Like people, I have some numbers on Game of Thrones. We're going to talk about comes out weekly, right? It's an event every week when mm-hmm. Game of Thrones comes out, right? And you can't do that if if it's just available to binge. It it won't happen. Now, like, Stranger Things has it, I would argue, in the reverse of that, but it's 
all of Stranger Things comes out, and then it's talked about for like a week, and it kind of fades away. Whereas Game of Thrones, it's episode. Everyone talks about it all week. Episode. Everyone talks about it all week for six to eight weeks, however many episodes they're doing. Sure. Ten weeks, whatever. That's sort of the uh, the debate in how to influence culture with your show through these streaming platforms. Like It's like the next sort of thing to figure out. There's only like pros and cons to both. Yeah, absolutely. I think that like like especially for smaller shows, because obviously Game of Thrones is the biggest it's the show. the biggest show. Yeah. Um in the world right now. Uh but like Stranger Things had like it it kind of had that uh I don't know. I wouldn't cult is almost like it it's too it's sub- too popular to be a cult following. Exactly. Like it's 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 too much of like a subsect. Like cult is like more like, you know, the, the, Donnie Darko has more of a cult yeah. following. Yeah, cult, you know what a mean? cult like, following is like a small, very passionate. It's group. it's more broad than that because mm-hmm. it like, uh, but um, it's definitely better for those smaller shows, um, to be able to binge. To be able to binge, I would say. I would say most shows, it's better to just be able to binge them. Uh-huh. But if you're trying to make a cultural impact and go above and beyond, just having a show people like, you want to be like part of the fabric of discussion then you could make the argument that going week to week is better. It's definitely better for the bigger shows, the mm-hmm. ones that are more popular and the ones that you know that people are going to watch. But, yeah. I don't think that, like, uh, I don't think that it would help. Like, like uh, say if you were watching a, a, a smaller show, like mm-hmm. something that's not Game of Thrones, something that's not as popular. Sex Education. On Netflix, Sex Education, right? If if that good show show is like uh, released weekly, you know, you might watch the first episode, and be like, you know, what? this is and then pretty good, like I, I'm it, forward to it, and then and then kind of forget later. You forget yeah. your interest wanes. Yeah, you know, absolutely, absolutely, that happens. And then, Whereas you know, when then, I, you know, because I could binge it, I watched it all in two days. And next thing you know, fucking two Tuesdays pass by, and you're like, oh shit, I for, I kind of forgot about that. Sex and then like if show, too really like, like to, if too many episodes build up, you just go, oh, screw it, I'll. Mm-hmm. I'll wait until, you know, I've got time to watch it all. Mm-hmm. That happens. Yeah. Um, anyway, the Mandalorian news I wanted to share with you was not the release schedule, but the fact that someone has is in it that was, is unexpected. It's pretty weird, right? It's kind of strange. Yeah. Do you know? Bill Burr. Bill Burr is in the Mandalorian. How weird is that? strange, right? How weird is that? Apparently, there's a trailer out, but it's leaked, so I haven't watched it. Uh-huh. It's like filmed from the Disney thing they did last week. It's like phone filmed it. So I haven't watched it because I don't want to do that. I want to see it, you know, the way they want it presented. Uh, But apparently Bill Burr's in that trailer and he's got like blasters and shit. And I was like, that's the weirdest thing, dude. Bill Burr's in a Star Wars show. Look at at these guys in the fucking lightsabers. (laughs) Bill Burr's in a Star Wars show. Yeah, it's definitely weird. I mean, it's extra funny because like, Apparently, Bill Burr's like talked mad shit about Star Wars fans before, yeah. which makes sense. I can completely see Bill Burr doing that. Uh, but like, now he's part of it. I did it for money. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. You think that, that's definitely going to be in his stand-up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's he'll talk paid. about that's it. it. Yeah. Yeah. But like, he also might be really good at it. Well, I think, I don't think that they would bring in someone like Bill Burr, like without like knowing, knowing who, who he is. Yeah. Knowing who they are. It's like, Disney. Of course they would. Uh-huh. So like I I I don't think that he's they're they're not gonna put him in like some kind of like I don't know fucking they're not, I don't think they're gonna make him an alien I don't think they're they're gonna no do he's anything. it's just him mm-hmm. like he's in the trailer apparently it's he's a human oh really yeah okay. 
He's just got like some blasters on him. He's probably like some bounty hunter or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's like, it's just such a weird, who would have guessed that was coming? It's very strange. When I saw it, I was like, I'm into it. What? I'm into it. It's just weird. Carl Weathers in that show. Are you going to wait for, for Disney? Are you going to get Disney? Hell yeah. I'm going to yeah. get Disney Plus day one. Oh, really? There's so I talked yeah. about it last week. There's mm, so, so much, much stuff. I can finally watch Aladdin. You've, you've never seen it once? I've seen it when I was a kid. I've been wanting to rewatch it for like months now, but uh-huh. it isn't available anywhere. You have to go buy it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to buy it. Who illegally streams things? That would be wrong. That would be, yeah, that would be awful. I'm not going to lie. I, when I was doing my Marvel rewatch, which I only have three movies left, I tried watching Iron Man in an unscrupulous way, the very first movie. And in the first 10 minutes, I was like, I can't deal with this. So I just rented it. It's just, you know, that guaranteed quality is too good. Mm-hmm. Too good. Although, come on, Amazon three ninety nine to rent a movie. It's too much. What are they doing? A buck should be a one ninety nine at the most. Yeah, ninety nine cents to one ninety nine. Like that, you're renting a movie. I'm watching the movie, and that's it. And then I, that's it. Why is it four dollars? That's way too much. Death. I wonder if there's like any kind of system of renting movies that like subverts that. Like they can control. They can like Michael Scott Paper Company it. Whoa. <laughs> get the low prices. Yeah. I think it's called like Netflix. Well, I mean, like but, actually but, but, not having to rent uh, them. Um, obviously, like Netflix, like you have a, uh, you get the most bang for your buck there. But like, yeah. I'm talking about specifically renting movies. Like, yeah, I don't is know. there any kind of? I think Redbox like, is cheaper. Or is it mandated? Redbox is like two bucks, I think. Was it mandated by the production companies like yeah, for know. the? No, no, like I think running things on Redbox is cheaper, but you have to do a disc. Mm-hmm. You can't just sit on your couch, turn on your PlayStation, Word. and go rent the movie. Word. Yeah. Um, so I told you I had Game of Thrones numbers, and we're you know talking about illegal streaming. Did you see the amount of viewers in one day that watched the premiere no. on HBO? No. 17.4 million people <laughs> on HBO in one day. Uh-huh. How many do you think pirated it in one day? At least double. Double would be 34.8 million. Yeah. 55 million people pirated Game of Thrones in one day. Oh my. How wild is that shit? Because you have to think it's global, right? Right. So you have to realize that um, in other countries, a lot of times uh, Game of Thrones is censored in different ways in different countries. So like in China... Hmm. It's censored and it's censored, unlike hmm. HBO. There's okay. either scenes deleted or things fuzzed out. Probably or whatever. Same, probably the same thing with like the Arabian Gulf, <clears throat> like uh, like the UAE and stuff like that. Because okay. porn's illegal. Okay. Hmm. Or yeah, exactly. Um, or like what is it? Japanese porn where they they fuzz out dicks. Yep. Yeah. Weird shit. Um, so like those people that are like, no, I want to watch real Game of Thrones. They have to give me that. It. They dick. can't get the real uh-huh. Game of Thrones. Give me the man butts. <laughs> give me the boobies. Give me the dicks. Give me the violence. The gore. Give me all of it. There's like three, not three boobs, but three. There were six boobs. 
Yeah, there was that one scene that pair. A lot of the the so we we're not going to spoil the first episode of Game no, of Thrones, no. but a lot of the things in the first episode of this final season paralleled a lot of things in the very first season, first episode of Game of Thrones, which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. It's very cool parallels going on. Um, but yeah, fifty five million pirated. That's a crazy amount, dude. That's nuts, dude. That's so many people. That's a whole lot. That's a successful show right there. Game of Thrones! Game of Thrones! Game of Thrones! Yo, I'm so hyped for tonight. Watch that new episode. Oh, fuck, dude. Today's Sunday. Yeah, man. You're all hyped up on magic. You don't even know what day it is. Yo, dude, it's fucking... I am willing to wait until the end of the magic game to watch it. Did you tell the people Happy Easter? No. Happy Easter, people. He is risen. Welcome, Jesus, into Welcome back. The, to our lives. Welcome back, Jesus. I can, I can be a preacher. Yeah, Dog. that's exactly how it goes right Dog. there. Fucking Jonathan Isaac's about to drop 40 points. Yo, yeah, dude. Pet. He's about to go off. Pet. No, what if he doesn't show up? Huh? What if he's like, I can't work on Easter? I have to... D- what, do you do? what do you mean, right. work on Easter? Right. That'd be crazy. Or he fucking dunks on Kawhi and Serge Ibaka in the same time. With and fucking two different basketballs, and then just fucking floats through the rafters <laughs> into the ozone. I like the idea that like, like John Isaac is super religious, right? Yeah, but like tons of athletes at least portray that they are. But right. for some reason, the bit with Jonathan Isaac is that well, he's just vi- he's vi- like he he's a he's a literal preacher. He d- well, he doesn't say that he's a preacher. He'll he'll say like, oh, I'm not a preacher. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he does like. Fucking like he sermons. Yes, he does sermons and fucking like he is the uh, the the Orlando Magic will occasionally do like uh, fucking religious stuff like after their games and he'll mm. uh, like host it kind of. Mm. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Happy and Easter. That's, Sorry, I that, and that's like all he posts on social media and stuff. And like I, I, I watched an interview the other day of him. I think after the after game one. Uh, it was him in the locker room and he went like two minutes without saying anything about Jesus. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what? He didn't open with this classic, like, first of all, I have to give all the glory and honor to and God. Then, and, but like, then he was, yeah, then, he did that. He, he said, said the, the, the copy and paste quote that all athletes mm-hmm. use. Yeah, yeah. But I have to give all, all glory to God. Yep. Man. He literally said that. Yep. But yeah, sorry. I forgot. Happy Easter. Mm-hmm. You give me a, you give me a basket. Huh? You give me an Easter basket? And did I get you an Easter basket? <laughs> That's not how Easter works. I got you candy. Well, that, I already ate that candy, dog. That candy was you can gone. Have, you can have some of them chocolate, the peanut butter eggs. Oh, okay. Not yeah. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. That's, to me, Easter is about candy. That's Easter. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> but like, also, just my regular life is about candy. Right. But you know, did your uh, did your family ever? Your family did Easter baskets, right? God, yeah. My right. You want your know mom? The family tradition of Easter, dude. Yeah. We had to, we would get up, go to church, obviously. Yeah. Easter Sunday mass. And then we would do an egg hunt slash Easter basket hunt. So my, we would do, we would paint eggs throughout the week. Like we would, we would paint Easter eggs, always dope time. And then my mom, I'm sorry, the Easter bunny would hide the eggs, (laughs) would hide the eggs. Right. So it would be like, all right, there's this many eggs. So each of you have to find this many eggs. So we find them all. And then, you know, we'd go find the eggs. And there's always one egg that had money in it. And it was like 20 bucks or something. And Blake always finds it. Blake always finds the golden egg. Anyway, I digress. I digest. 
The, my mom would, the, sorry, the Easter bunny would also hide our Easter baskets. So we'd have to find them. Oh, okay. And mom would always be hiding in the hardest parts. It would take me so long <laughs> to find my Easter basket. Because <laughs> I was the oldest, so it like had to be the hardest on me. Oh, I hated it. I just wanted my candy. Like, I, I wish there was like an episode of The Office where like they did that. They hid Easter baskets uh, mm-hmm. and fucking the, like one of them is like hidden in a tree. And mm-hmm. then like Kevin's trying to climb it. <laughs> <laughs> He's all pissed off yeah, and sweaty. Yeah, like, yeah, But he wants that candy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> and like when I was really young, we had a second egg hunt. We would do an outdoors egg hunt, and there would be like the mm. plastic eggs. We would find those. Mm. Is is a uh, is Catholic Easter any different than like uh, I don't know other Protestant e- Easter? I don't know about the details of it. Like, <laughs> did Jesus rise from the dead? Check. Yeah. We're good. I think that basically <laughs> covers it. I know that Greek Easter is different because Paul celebrates Easter on a different day every year his easter's next week so not really his specific greek greek orthodox <laughs> <laughs> greek orthodox easter is next week and everyone else's easter is this week <laughs> paul's easter <laughs> yeah uh, like uh yeah we, my family just did uh my mom used to do baskets but she would just put them on the, the living mm-hmm. room table like she didn't hide anything like no we had I, to earn ours i don't remember ever doing like a actual scavenger hunt mm-hmm. i think i might have done one for like school or something one year but <clears throat> i remember one year my mom got me uh pokemon ruby hell yeah easter dog. Basket, i used to get uh when i was like younger we would get a movie every year in our right. easter basket and i was always like hyped up for what movie yeah. i would get pokemon ruby that's a good one yeah that was a that's that a was christmas a, present that's a that's a that's a great fucking easter present yeah dude, that's awesome No, no Easter basket. I asked my mom to mail me one, <laughs> but an Easter basket. <laughs> I was like, "You're gonna send me a basket?" She was like, "Nah." <laughs> <laughs> uh, I might go buy a, a chocolate bunny just for you know to celebrate. Got to have that chocolate, the bunny, the bunny. Oh, I hate the <laughs> Veggie Tales, dog. Come on, nah, dude. You never watched Veggie Tales? I think I'm, I was at church, like a youth group or something. One day we watched like an episode. You never I saw Larry like, Boy, dude. Larry Boy, he's a hero. I don't know. Yo, Larry Boy was the shit. I don't know shit about. We used to watch. I watched Captain Planet. We had <laughs> yo, Captain Planet. Nice. We had a. Uh, my mom used to drive a van. We called the Marshmallow, mm-hmm. big white van, and we had a TV in the back, and we would, <laughs> we would either watch. This is when my sisters were like babies, mm-hmm. so we'd have like Baby Einstein on because mm-hmm. it was like good for learning or some shit we play like classical music and show shapes and we hated it my brothers hate me and my brothers hated it because it was so boring we would watch the wiggles i can sing you some wiggle songs if you want which was lit fruit salad yummy yummy (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know way too many wiggle songs uh we would watch shrek throughout the like if we went on a longer trip we would watch shrek if we weren't going on a longer trip we were just driving around we would play the f- the end of Shrek, the karaoke end of Shrek, yeah. over, over and over and over, and over again, mm-hmm. and just sing along to it, and it drove my parents nuts. Right. Uh, we would watch Surf Ninjas, one of my favorite childhood films. 
Great movie. Not really, but great movie. <laughs> uh, what else would we watch in there? I don't remember. Lots of things. I don't know why I brought that up. What I made me think of that? Easter. I, we were talking about Easter. Yeah, I know. But something about Easter or a movie I got or something. I don't remember. Well, yeah, we were talking about uh, the, the, the present that I, I got. I don't remember. The, the movies. I don't remember. There, there was a connection, but I forgot what it was. Mm-hmm. Anyway. You see, uh, we didn't talk about this last week, but uh, I saw Shazam last week. Oh, shit. Was it good? It's a lot of fun. It was oozing with joy. Oozing. Oozing with joy. Just like so much joy and happiness. Joy and happiness. That's, is that another Wiggle song? No, that's love and happiness, but I said joy instead. Oh. Uh, yeah, it was good. I liked it. It's fun. I liked it like if you were to tell me like a year ago, like, oh, there's a Shazam movie coming. I'd be like, oh, God, great. Shazam. One of my the superheroes I care the least about. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, Zachary Levi is just a, he's a very... Joyful person. You're a big fan of his, right? I fucking Chuck. love Chuck. Yes, mm-hmm. Chuck is. I love Chuck. Mm-hmm. Don't know a lot of his other work. I don't know. He, he was Fandral in the second Thor movie, right? Um, which apparently he was supposed to do it in the first one, and then there was like a scheduling conflict. That's why he didn't do it in the first movie. But I don't know a lot of his other work. Well, okay, he was Finn in Tangled. He's I've great. He's great in that. I've um. In my head, like, because I've never seen Chuck, like, in my head, he's like, poor man's John Krasinski. I can see that. But he's actually very different than John Krasinski. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, what are John Krasinski's most known things? Jim and A Quiet Place. Mm -hmm. And maybe Jack Ryan now. But he's like a straight everyman character, usually. Zachary Levi is much, like, sillier than that. He's a silly dude. Okay. Very joyful actor. Um... Yeah, I had a lot of... It's a fun movie. And I also like Shazam more than you. I like the... Uh, it appeals to me in the same way that, like, Thundercats does. Um, like, the idea of, uh, like, a kid being trapped in a man's body. Oh, like okay. Um, See, that's, like a, that's kind of like how we were talking about how I don't like fantasy stories where someone from our world gets put in a fantasy world. Okay. It's sort of the same thing. I'm not a huge fan of the kid becomes an adult thing. For what I don't know why, and I'm not like I liked Shazam the movie, it was a fun movie, but just that trope. You ever seen Big? Yeah, but like a long time ago. Mm-hmm. They make a big reference in this movie. They dance on, they fight on a, a piano on the ground. Oh, cool. Yeah, nice. Yep. Um. Wait, Thundercats does that. So, I mean, do, do you know the story of Thundercats? They, the pre- I vaguely know Thundercats. So the premise of, This is like the only animated thing in the world you know more about than me. Yeah. So, <laughs> really? I think I don't know about the only If, one, if we explored it a little more, maybe like Johnny Bravo or something. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll give you like all Boomerang and like those kinds of shows. Right. So, uh, the premise of Thundercats is that you have... Uh, this this group of of humanoids mm-hmm. uh, from the, the planet Thundera yep. um, that are basically evading uh, Thundera because there was like a war going on on that planet. It's kind of like Krypton, like, tr- like or Transformers, yeah. Cybertron, yeah. S- uh, similar to that, right? Um, but yeah, they're uh, refugees, like mm-hmm. trying to find another place, right? But <clears throat> for some reason, the the main leader. Uh, I but it's basically Lino's father, okay, uh, who's the the leader of this entire group of humanoids, right? Um, he, someone has to basically pilot the ship while everyone else goes into. Does like, he pull Cyprus. a Chris Hemsworth in Star Trek? 
yeah, kind of. Like okay. he has to stay awake yeah. so that everybody else can live, right? Oh, okay. But his kid, Lionel, who's the main character mm-hmm. of the show, Thundercats. Yep. He's like twelve at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they go into their 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 cryo sleep, mm-hmm. and they get to Earth, um, fucking. He is no longer 12. He's like in his like late 20s. He's a man now. Um, but he still has like a 12 year old ideology. Like he, he Because he's been asleep for t- 10 years or whatever. It, well, exactly. He's basically like you, you go to sleep and you wake up and you're fucking 29 years old. But right? you age. That's weird. Yeah, but you age. But like, and not only has he aged, he's like, he's a strapping dude. And because of like the hierarchy of the, the Thundercats um, the, uh, of Thundera, um, because like his father is he was like a leader, the king or something. He's basically, yeah, he's basically their leader now. Okay. And uh, they sort of have to, um, someone like Paul would like probably like watch like the first like 10 episodes of the Thundercats and be like, yo, he's fucking applying way too much to this. Cause it's, it's a kid's show. Yeah. It's, it's not, well, no, like any animated kid show, there's always stuff to find in it though. Right. But like, I, I remember having a conversation with Paul one time where like I was talking about Dragon Ball Z and he was like, dude, the only reason that happened was because like the, the, the fucking, the, the, like you're, you're thinking too, way too much about it, mm-hmm. but I enjoy doing that. So yeah. Fuck <laughs> um, but Thundercats, like you, you sort of have, um, uh, this uh, dichotomy between Lionel and the other sort of like male figures, Panthera. like uh, uh, Panthro. Damn it! Uh, Panthro, Knew it was something like that. And, fuck. Tigero. I forgot. Leopard. No, I forgot what. T- no, the, the 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 tiger guy. I forgot what the fuck is. Oh, he's literally the tiger guy. Yeah, he's tiger. Bengal something. God damn! What the fuck is his name? I can't think of it. Anyways, like they're they're both kind of competing. Um, like like like. They have to follow Lionel, um, but they kind of both know that they know more than Lionel. Okay, you know, so it's like an interesting dynamic between a lot of the characters, and plus Lionel is like also consistently confronted with situations where you know he has to struggle and he has to prove how much of a man he is. Mm -hmm. And it's just like it's a interesting. I I love the the idea when it's approached in a serious manner. Tigra, yeah. Um, Matt Mercer voiced him in the new one. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, but I, I just really enjoy that that idea when it's manifested in a serious sense because a lot of times it's like, yeah. like Big is a little bit more like uh, like jokey, a little bit yeah. more lighthearted. Um, although there is serious moments in Big, mm-hmm. but um, like for the most part, like like Thundercats is like uh, it's almost like there's a it's like a procedural, uh, but like each episode gives you a different moral. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about OG Thundercats, right? OG Thundercats. I've, I tried to watch the the. There more have been two remakes of Thundercats. Has there been two? I think so, yeah. There's the one with Mercer, and I think there was another one. Or they're making another one now. I don't remember. Yeah, I've, I've never seen the third one. There was, uh, yeah, the, the remake of it was actually set on Thundera. And he's, uh, Lino is still a kid mm-hmm. throughout the entire thing. Um, this one? Yes. Yeah, this is the one with the I watched, in it. I think maybe like... This animation looks cool. The animation is cool. Um, I maybe watched like four or five episodes on that one, but that one seemed even more childish to me. How about the one that's coming out? That looked childish to you? Yeah, just a little Ad- bit. Adventure Time little style. Bit. Not, e- not even Adventure Time. What is it? Uh, oh, shoot. I can't remember. Gumball? Yeah, like Gumball, like that modern Cartoon Network kind of kids thing. 
Yeah. No, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of Thundercats, but like that, that idea is pretty similar to, to Shazam. Like the, mm-hmm. I mean, but he can, Shazam can, you can turn it off and on. Yeah. Shazam. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, you see anything? I have something else I saw, but it's my shout out. Okay. That I'm going to talk about. Um, I started watching fucking Get Out in my counseling class. Mm-hmm. That fucking movie is so goddamn good. The movie is yeah, so goddamn good. Like, I think when we did our, our us episode, like we kind of, and like I, th- I feel like I've done it since, like where I'm kind of like, oh, well, you know, like us and Get Out are just different movies, like, but n- one isn't really better than the other. Get Out's better. No man, Get Out's fucking so. I good. like Get Out more, especially when you. I think watch I said it, that on the episode. Especially when you rewatch yeah. it and you start to see like all these little intricacies, which I. Then well, when you rewatch us, you might get the same thing. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Or no, um, you definitely will get the same thing when you watch us. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah, little stuff that like yeah. that that uh, you missed uh, initially. Um, yeah, we should do a fucking spoiler episode and get out. I did show that. Get out. That movie's that movie's worth doing a spoiler episode mm-hmm. for sure. I want to rewatch it for sure because I've only seen it the one time. That's a movie that merits rewatches. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> See anything else? Watch more House. I watch a shit ton of House, dude. <laughs> Too much. Did you even finish The Office, or what did you, you just jump over? I, the Office is like you know something that was just like kind of turning on while I was going. Well, to yeah, sleep. but it seems like you're doing that with House now. Not really. No. Uh, no. Like because I like watching it. Like when I feel myself starting to fall asleep. How I'll, many seasons I'll pause of and then House go back. are there? Six, I think. That's a lot, a lot man. Mm-hmm. Twenty-two episodes, I'm guessing, because it was mm-hmm. on normal TV. Yeah, it's a lot. I wonder. I wonder how much you'll get through before it like uh, burns out a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Before like you burn out on the procedure Dude, of the show. House like House is such a stupid show. <laughs> <laughs> so, like House for sure wouldn't be able to exist in 2019. Really, it wouldn't be able to. Why? So like you know you know the the shtick of house right mm-hmm. like you understand the premise I've seen of it. house I watched a yeah, lot of house seen... when I was younger with my parents right um but like do you remember like watching house in in school no did you ever do that I don't think we so. watched it in our anatomy class yeah I wasn't in that once class. uh yeah that that dude that was a pretty lit ass anatomy class it had that's uh, where the uh, the me, anatomy Tommy, chronicles came me, from me Tommy Derek Jamie Jamie Richard Lardner was also he's he's he was Mike a, Mike Smeka I think uh, was in I th- that well, I, was it Mike's? No, Kobiella. Uh, Josh Kobiella, or Jansen Kobiella. Jansen. Jansen was in that class. That's right, dude. Yes, that's um, right. But that's where the Anatomy Chronicles came from. Yes. Yeah, dude. dude we, had, we had a lot of good. A time series there, of doodles. No, but like put into folder. <laughs> <laughs> but we had uh, a fucking. There was one time that we watched an an episode of house and i remember as like that intro comes on Mm -hmm. and it's like kind of like a a banging intro and i remember sitting behind uh richard lardner and he just starts going (laughs) as the intro is going and like i do that every time yeah yeah like it's such a weird like thing that i have Mm -hmm. in my brain uh from like just the Mm -hmm. relating to house but dude that show like wouldn't be able to exist in 2019 because so like the, the the premise of the show is that you have this wild ass fucking uh, politically incorrect doctor yeah in house which the the the, the sh- his shtick is that he's like he's like a for the most part a bad person mm-hmm. like 
he, he, he says a lot of fucked up shit. He's really a piece of misogynist, shit. Misogynist, racist shit. Um, but in the end, he's always right. He got no respect. <laughs> but in the, like the, the shtick is that in the end, he's always right. Even if he's like mistaken about certain things or if like he hits certain obstacles that like where it might look like he's wrong at the end of You're each talking episode, about he he's always right solves about the, the procedure, the, the medical issue. He's always yeah. right. Yeah, and he's never right about the way he treats people or very rarely. That's the thing that I think might be fucking like kind of weird about house dude is I think that like the more that I watch house like the more that it's like kind of aiding to this sort of like nihilistic sort of like mentality that like sort of like the, 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 what I'm seeing is that like everybody sucks everybody has numero uno as their priority mm-hmm. and like it, it, it and it's not they don't portray that in a completely bleak sense. It's like everyone has is numero uno in their priority, but at certain times, like it uh, aligns uh, their their self interest align with you know benefiting others. Yeah, like the the show is about saving lives, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not for the benefit of. Ma- There's one character in the entire. Or, I mean, you could you could argue two characters in the entire show that have like. A moral high ground. Like his boss are, guy. So I would not his boss, but I would say that his the white uh, dude with the hair, Wilson. It's not his boss. It's his oh, friend. I thought it was his boss. No, uh, his, no, his boss is uh, Cuddy, who's uh, Kid Cuddy. Yeah, Kid Cuddy. Wow, that's Scott, awesome. Yeah, Scott Miss Cuddy. Um, I'd watch that show. Scott Miss Cuddy running the hospital. I, I love Kid Cuddy. He's not that great of an actor. Oh really? I haven't seen the new movie he's in. He did yeah. that uh, that fucking Fast and Furious, uh, the, the poor man's Fast and Furious spinoff, Need for Speed, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Jesse from fucking. Well, Breaking if you're Bad. making a spinoff of Fast and Furious, you need to get a rapper in it mm-hmm. uh, to play one of your characters. Definitely. Anyways, so like, th- like okay, so you also need an R and B singer. <clears throat> so yeah, I just don't think that it could exist in 2019 because of how offensive he is. People say the same thing about The Office, though. Yeah. I, and I, I disagree I, with that. You disagree with that? No. Yeah. I think that House is worse than The Office. Oh, sure. Well, because, mostly because like, Michael Scott is, like, beloved. Well, like, Office, The Office, like, all of the, the sort of, like, fucked up shit kind of comes from an imbecile. Yeah, he's an idiot. Yeah. like Michael's an idiot. Like, House is consistently proved, like, like uh, that he's right. He's a super genius. He's a super genius, but, like... He's like you can tell that he's just fucking sad. He's he highly like a lot competent. Of that. He has like a lot of that uh, this sort of rust. This Cole goes syndrome. with um, so we've talked about writing excuses before. <laughs> Something they bring up a lot is these sliding scales of character, right? Where you have three scales, and I'm trying to remember what they are. It's competency, um, basically like how likable you are, and your how proactive you are or something like that. I can't remember. How what the a- active versus passive. Yeah. Something right. like those three and how, if you can ratchet them all in different ways, as long as they're not all in the same place, basically. So like if you ratchet down houses, like ability, you have the ability then to put his competency like all the way up. Right. And vice versa. You could, that's Michael Scott is the opposite of that kind of, cause Michael yeah. Scott's so likable mm-hmm. despite him being a fucking idiot and uh-huh. do, saying stupid shit. Right. <clears throat> But it's like kind of fits into that sort of. And the times where he those. is being the most competent, he's being the least offensive. Yeah, that's interesting. Michael Scott. Oh, okay. I'm saying. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. Because there's there's definitely like yeah. there's examples of him being super confident in a business. No, he's actually really good at his job. Yeah. That's like the funniest thing about <laughs> the office is that in the end, Michael Scott is amazing at his job. Right. He's just a doofus. Yeah. Like his branch is always like the best selling branch and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I love that show. Anyway, do you want to do shout outs? Yeah, let's go into it. Do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Uh, I'll go first. I'm going to do a first. score again because fuck it. Scout. I'm going to do a score again. All right, so. Happy Easter. All praise. All praise. The most high. Social network. I talk about social network a lot. I'm just going to bring up the specific, like, you love specifically score, the social network score. Um, I love the social network score. Uh, it's done by uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Um, Atticus Ross, what a name. Yeah, great name, right? Um Trent Reznor is from uh, Nine Inch Nails. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's um, cool. But it's, uh, I've heard, I forgot who it was. I think it was David Fincher talking about this score and how important it was to the movie and how like important it was for him to not have like a very generic score in the sense of uh, like he was, he, he, the the example that he used was like if we just included like Elvis Costello music with this movie it would have been this movie would have been so generic and like kind of boring mm-hmm. um but like the score for social network is it's it's kind of techy mm-hmm. um like you can get that like there's a lot of um synth stuff yeah, there's a lot of synths there's a lot of um just like really interesting rhythms um I I love it. Uh, I love listening to it while I'm doing homework mm-hmm. because it's like it's slow, but like in a sort of like, uh, a, a, you know how like like lo-fi beats, you yeah. know, like lo-fi hip hop beats yeah. will kind of have like that that pounding rhythm yep. to them that kind of gets you in the mood, but mm-hmm. like they don't distract you from yeah. uh, the the work that you're doing. Yes, social network is a lot like that, um, and it definitely like uh, it's it's amazing when you're watching the movie. Um, as well as like, uh, after you're watching the movie and you're just fucking thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I don't know when I listen to it, I make, it makes me think of fucking Mark Zuckerberg and fucking like while I'm doing homework and shit like that it makes me feel smarter. So are you intrigued in the idea that people say that, uh, Aaron Sorkin should make a social network sequel about what Mark Zuckerberg is going through right now? Be pretty interesting. Right. Um, cause like in that movie, Jesse Eisenberg is a complete asshole. But you connect to him as a character. Mm-hmm. Now, Mark Zuckerberg in real life is coming across as just a complete asshole who mm-hmm. has no clue how to deal with human existence. Mm-hmm. It'd be really interesting to see that, that re... Uh, I would only see it if, if Aaron it Sorkin was, made it. Yeah. yeah. Well, if Aaron Sorkin wrote it, yeah. preferably fucking David Fincher. David Fincher, Fincher directed it again. In charge yeah. of, and Jesse Eisenberg. Like, you bring back yeah, just bring back everybody. Bring back yeah. the whole cast. Bring it, bring it all back. Sequel. Bring back Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross uh-huh. for the score. Do Which, do I'm it not all. sure. Has David Fincher ever made a sequel? I don't know. Well, I mean, he made he made Aliens three, but that but was like his first movie. That it he wasn't directed. a sequel to his own film. No. Though. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Cool score of Social Network. Yeah, it's a it's a dope score. My shout out is something else that I watched this week called Guava Island. Guava Island is a short film. It's about about an hour, 55 minutes, I think it was. 
starring Donald Glover, Donald Glover and, and Rihanna, Rihanna right? yeah, and Letitia Wright from mm-hmm. Black Panther, and I can't remember the dude's name, the other dude, um, like the villain. Uh, but, but, but anyway, it is okay. So, how to explain this? It's kind of a glorified music video, okay, but it's not. It's also a short film. Uh, it is basically all of the music you've heard from Donald Glover over the past like year, year and a half. Everything from last year's Summer Pack, Feel Like Summer, those songs, and like the songs that he performed on SNL live that he never released. Remember Saturday? Saturday. <clears throat> that song was super dope, and I was super mad it wasn't released anywhere. Well, it's in this movie. Um, also, This Is America is in it. So basically, all the random music that he's released over the past like year is in this short film. And it's about, <clears throat> it's about an island called Guava, where uh, Donald Glover plays a a character who okay so so the the introduction to the short film is like a little animated bit where Rihanna is vo- voicing over the history of the island and basically the legend says that the island came from a time when everywhere in the world there was love but wherever there was love war followed and this was a place that existed outside of that until man found the island and discovered these little bugs that uh, uh, they, they spread this this blue thread and man fell in love with the thread and its beauty. And then because love came, war followed. And um, a, a, a company took over the island and started mass producing this thread. And now everyone that lives on the island is like put to work and they're overworked and they're not allowed to... Like, so the, the plot of the movie is about Donald Glover's character who he and Rihanna like live together and they're dating or whatever. And like his dream is to write a song that will unite all of the people of, of Guava Island. And uh, he, it's just basically like a day in, in the life of him. He, he's throwing a festival and the, the bad guy who like runs this company doesn't want him to throw the festival because if people are at his festival all night, they won't show up to work on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And Donald Glover is like, you know, why can't they have a day off? It's just kind of like a very like simple story, but it's like really well done. Very fun. Um, like he does, you know how Donald Glover dances. You know, you know, you know the dancing style. But yeah, yeah. It, a lot of that. Um, there's it, it's like listed as a musical because there's parts where like they just break out into childish Gambino music. Right. But it's like some. You know how sometimes a musical is always, um, like if you think of like The Greatest Showman, it's like you know that those characters. That the, the music represents the way they're feeling in a moment, right. not what they're actually doing. Exactly. This is weird, and it's like both of those things. It's like both ways. It's mm-hmm. sometimes it's the way they're feeling and what and stuff like that, and sometimes it's actually happening. Like there's a scene where he sings, "You are my summertime." He sings that to Rihanna. Right. So like in that moment, he you're, he's actually singing to her. Mm-hmm. But in the like the this is America moment is like a weird like dance scene in a factory where he's like trying to get across this idea that because one of the characters is like, I want to save enough money to move to America. And he's like, you're in America anywhere where a man in charge makes money off people by making their lives worse, basically is America. And so then they do what this is America, like dance performance. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's a very cool short. It's like an hour long. Um, Donald Glover is awesome in it. It's an hour long. It's like 55 Mm. minutes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's really cool. 
It's made by the the, the directors, the dude that directs all his stuff. Yeah. Hero Hero Mirai. Yeah, Hero yeah. Mirai. You got Hero it. Hero Mirai. Yeah. And it was also, but uh, Donald Glover did the story. A lot of people have. There's story a lot credits, of story credits. His brothers his and brother, his brother wrote the screenplay. Yeah, his brother yeah. wrote the screenplay. Stephen Stephen Glover wrote the screenplay. Yeah, I just I, I looked yeah. that up because I wanted to see. Yeah, it. Guava Island. It's very cool. Very good short. And if you like if you like Childish Gambino's music, you'll love it even more. Right. So yeah, Guava Island and the score for Social Network. Those are our shout outs for the week. We will be back next week with Blue Chips in honor of your brother's victory in the bracket challenge. Next week, you mean uh, Thursday? Or Thursday, yeah. This week for our spoiler episode. Right. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Find Chris, uh, chrismichaelsdot.com for his scripts. Uh, Chris Michaels on Instagram. Find me, Davinwell25, on Twitter and Instagram. Find the show, The Chris and Kyle Show, on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, on all podcasting platforms. Like, share, rate, review, all that fun stuff. Pod on Twitter. We'll be back with a poll probably next week uh, for next month's poll episode. Um, but until then, it's been fun. We out. We out. Stay weird. Stay weird.